The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. What's going on, everybody? Well, we're finally here. The final part of me ranking every single Seinfeld episode. This is part 11. Finally, we are at the top 10 Seinfeld episodes of all time. I got to tell you, this is maybe the most fun I've ever had these past 10 or 11 weeks uh, watching every episode of the series. There's no even the bad episodes. A bad episode of Seinfeld is better than almost any other TV show. Uh, it has been so much fun. I'm actually going to do it again. I'm I'm going to probably do The Office next, which is going to be a pretty huge undertaking. So uh, who knows how long that's going to take. But anyway, let's get into it. The top 10 episodes of Seinfeld all time here we go number 10 the outing from season four a prank by elaine leads a newspaper journalist to think jerry and george are gay this is the episode that was that was made famous by the phrase not that there's anything wrong with that i kept saying that all the time. I was like oh they think we're gay not that there's anything wrong with that uh that, I remember this is one of those episodes at the time, just thinking it was the funniest thing ever, the way that they kept bringing this up. Uh, when the reporter is in Jerry's apartment and interviewing him, and she thinks that, that they're gay and, and he and George are there, and and Jerry figures out that she thinks they're gay, and they're like, no, 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 it was a joke, it was a joke. Um, and, and Jerry says, I mean, I have many gay friends. And George says, my father is gay. For some reason, that's to me, that was one of the funniest things ever. And then it just snowballs from there. The, um, the, the, the article gets picked up by some big newspaper and it goes national or something like that. And uh, it's Jerry's birthday. So George gets him a, uh, tickets to guys and dolls. And he says, isn't that a lavish Broadway musical? And George says, it's guys and dolls, not guys and guys. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I, I think it was just so well done and funny. Uh, and, and then there was a thing with, with George dating someone who he wanted to, to drop and he couldn't. Uh, he, he said, he, he, he said uh, if he was a porno actor, his name would be Buck Naked. Um, but uh, but he tells her so. So Jerry finally gets it straightened with the, with the reporter that he's not gay. But George wants to keep it the, the, the ruse going because he wants to try to dump his girlfriend. And he says, I'm gay. I'm a gay man. I'm very gay. Extraordinarily, extraordinarily gay, steeped in gayness. So funny. The outing number 10. Number nine, the Merv, Merv Griffin show from season nine. After Kramer rescues the set of the old Merv Griffin show from a dumpster, he sets it up in his apartment where he interviews anyone who happened to drop by. George's new girlfriend gives him a hard time after he strikes a pigeon with his car. A new guy at the office is driving Elaine crazy. Jerry has a new girlfriend who inherited a fabulous collection of classic toys from her late father, but she won't let Jerry touch them, let alone play with them. Normally... The the especially the Jerry plot of 
of him drugging his girlfriend so he could play with her toys to me that in, in previous episodes where, where something ridiculous like that happened, that, that, that just way across the line, I would give this, you know, negative consideration, but the whole plot of the whole Merv Griffin show is maybe the most absurd thing that's ever happened on this, uh, in, in all of Seinfeld. So it just elevates it above everything else. But yeah, Jerry drugging a, a woman to, to play with his toys is horrible. Um, the whole thing with George and the pigeon and the squirrel and doing surgery on the squirrel, that just, that was horrible. And, and there was some guy that, uh, that he, he was a sidler uh, and, and he would always like end up next to Elaine or something like that. Really, really stupid. But yeah, um, the, the whole Merv Griffin show, the, the way that, that Kramer treated that as, as the host and, and kept that going. And uh it, it was just it was just amazing. So that that just that whole concept, there wasn't too many great quotes or scenes or anything. Just the whole episode of the whole everything revol revolving the Merv Griffin show was just top notch. Just amazing. Number eight, the chicken roaster from season eight. Kenny Rogers Roasters sets up shop across the street from Jerry and Kramer's apartments. Their large chicken sign causes problems for everyone. Kramer and Jerry end up switching apartments and personalities. Elaine gets comfortable as president of the catalog, but is accused of abusing the company credit card. And George buys an expensive hat and leaves it in a girlfriend's apartment to hope to score another date. Um, the George thing, yeah, thinking that he'll just irritate his way into becoming a boyfriend or something like that. He says, what's the difference? You know the way I work. I'm like a commercial jingle. First, it's a little irritating. Then you hear it a few times. Then you hum it in the shower. By the third day, it's by Menon, Costanza. Okay, whatever. Um, but what really makes this episode is... Kramer and Jerry basically switching personalities. Kramer does a great job. Michael Richards does a great job as pretending to be Jerry, but Jerry being Kramer is amazing. Uh, I usually accuse Jerry Seinfeld of being a horrible actor. He basically smirks or laughs his way through every single scene, but he was really good being Kramer in this. So that, that whole thing of just him being Kramer just just elevates this above a lot of things. So, uh, yeah, and then and then so Kramer gets hooked on the Kenny Rogers Roasters chicken, and he but he can't tell Jerry that, so he has Newman get the chicken for him. Um, but then um, Jerry catches him, and he catches him um, ordering broccoli. And he, and he suspects something and, and Newman says, no, 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 the broccoli's for me. And then Jerry says, oh, well, then why don't you eat some? And he's like, no, vile weed. I, lo I love how uh, Newman said that. No, and, and Elaine has to go to Burma and they do this whole Apocalypse Now parody where uh, Jay Peterman is in in Burma or Myanmar, if you want to say. Um, and and yeah, he says, you're an errand girl sent by grocery clerks to collect the bill. So a parody of Apocalypse Now. Number seven, the abstinence from season eight. Abstinence allows George to become a genius, but it turns Elaine into an idiot. George gets, I mean, Jerry gets bumped from career day at his old junior high school and Kramer turns his apartment into a smoking lounge and all the smoke disfigures the face. I got to tell you, if this 
this easily could have been number one. That's how good this episode is. The concept that a guy thinks about sex all the time, and when he doesn't have to think about sex, then he he automatically becomes smarter because all that brain power is now being used on something else. I got to tell you, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> I don't know how it is with women, but it's, it's accurate. Let's just say that. Um, such a such an amazing plot and the way it's executed is so funny that George just becomes exponentially smarter by the minutes because he's not thinking about sex. It's amazing. It's amazing. It is just such a wonderful premise. I love when he's uh when he's in in Jerry's apartment and and Jeopardy's playing and he's he just he just knows every single answer to Jeopardy. He's like, "What is tungsten or wolfram?" And then he is in uh monks and he's he's pouring over all these books he says of course absolute zero and, and elaine comes in and says what's with all these books and he just says i stopped having sex um there is that scene with george and two of the yankees uh derek jeter and bernie williams and he's teaching them how to hit and he's just hitting home run after home run because he's so smart now and and he says he, he's giving them all these hitting tips and Derek Jeter says, but we won the world series and George is in six games. Oh, classic, classic line. What's still one of the, the, the great scenes uh, of the series. Um, the thing with, with Kramer was really good too. Um, but the, the scene with Jerry where, Actually, they had to do many, many, many takes because Jerry could not stop laughing. And I don't blame him. It's it's just such a silly, great scene. Uh, you know, Jerry says, it's, it's from all that smoke. You've experienced a lifetime of smoking in 72 hours. What did you expect? Well, emphysema, birth defects, cancer, but not this. Jerry, my face is my livelihood, my allure, my twinkle, everything I have that I owe to this face. And he says, look away. I'm hideous. It, it just, I, Hey, I lose it every time, too. And Elaine becoming dumber because she withholds sex from her boyfriend who is um, trying to become a doctor. Uh, she's, she's She's in the apartment and she says, I need a four letter word. Winnie the. And he, and he says, poo. And she's like, poo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, and then Kramer takes his case uh, uh, um, he wants to sue the tobacco company, so he gets Jackie Childs. This is the the cherry on top of the Sunday of this of this episode, and and he's he's telling him that he needs that that he smokes so much and he needs to sue the, the tobacco companies, which is funny because in real life that actor's name is Philip Morris. Uh, um, and, but so he says, so Jackie, do we have a case? And and uh, Jackie Childs says, your face is my case. Love that. Um, and they're in with it. They're, they're talking to the tobacco company. And the lady says, I disagree. I think, in fact, Mr. F- Mr. Kramer projects a rugged masculinity. Jackie Chow says, rugged? The man's goblin. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then it, uh, at the end of the scene, Jackie Chow says, Jack is catching in on your wretched disfigurement. Uh, and then, and then at the end, uh, Kramer makes a deal and he's the, 
he looks like a Marlboro man on a billboard or something like that. And Jackie Chan says, this is the most public yet of my many humiliations. I love, I love anything with Jackie Childs. So good. Number six, the marine biologist from season five. My God. Again, these, especially these seven episodes easily all could have been number one. They're just so good. George starts dating a college friend who thinks that Jerry thinks George is now a marine biologist. Elaine's electronic organizer injures a person after being launched from a limo by a Russian novelist. And Kramer decides to golf on the beach. There are so many good lines and good scenes in this. Uh, first, there's there's Jerry telling Elaine. Uh, he said, you know what the most unbelievable thing about Tolstoy is the other day? You know, the original title for War and Peace was War. What is it good for? So funny. Um, so he meets um, this this college friend um, at the ATM and um uh, and he makes up that that george is um, a marine biologist and she's like really he's like yeah he's specializing in whales he's working on lowering the cholesterol level in whales all that blubber quite unhealthy you know it's the largest mammal on earth but as george says they don't have to be i love that line uh, then he tells george that yeah i met her and 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 george is so happy because he's, he had such a crush on her but he says, oh, by the way, I told her you were a marine biologist. And George says, why couldn't you have made me an architect? You know, I always wanted to pretend I was an architect. I love that. I love that. And then he's talking to her over the phone. He's just, I don't know why this like kills him. He says, algae, obviously plankton. I don't know what else to say. I, I love that line so much. So he, he meets her in person and they're on the beach. And then another one of the great lines i'm pretty sure this was said by larry david off camera he says is anyone here a marine biologist every time every time i just i i every time every time i i i post that i say does anyone anyone here a marine biologist people think that i'm actually asking for a marine biologist like no 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 it's a seinfeld thing uh and then one of the greatest scenes possibly in the entire series, I know I've said this many times, and maybe I'll do a ranking of the greatest scenes of uh, of Seinfeld. Is George in the diner with everyone, telling them what happened when this because there was a beached whale, what happened next, and of course, the line he starts: "The sea was angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to return soup in a de deli." Again, this is famous and one of the greatest scenes. Um, he says, I, I got about 50 feet out and then suddenly the great beast appeared before me. I tell you, he was 10 stories high if he was afoot. As if sensing my presence, he gave out a big bellow. I said, easy, big fella. Again, again, just just so classic. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then as, as I was watching, I'm struggling. I realized something was obstructing his breathing. From there, I was standing. I could see directly into the great eye of the, of the eye of the great fish. And Jerry says, mammal, whatever. Uh, and then from out of nowhere, a huge tidal wave lifted, tossed like a cork, and I found myself on top of him face to face with the blowhole. I could barely see from all the waves crashing on top of me, but I knew something was there. So I reached out my hand and I pull out the obstruction. It was a titleist. <laughs> and, and, at this point, the the audience is just dying laughing. 
And it was such a great scene. And apparently it was like a last minute thing that that, that um, Jason Alexander just, you know, memorized just like that because he's he's awesome. And the look on Kramer's face was amazing, too. And he says, he says, was that a title list? And, and George nods. And he says, well, because it was a hole in one. Cla- perfect classic. So good. So good. Another another one that easily could have been number one. Number five, the fire from season five. George dates a woman who has a son and she invites him to the boy's birthday party. At the party, a fire breaks out in the kitchen and George screams fire and knocks down the kids and an old lady as he makes his cowardly escape. Toby heckles Jerry. And Jerry gets a negative review of the show, so he decides to do something. Heckle the heckler. He goes to Toby's office where the heckling upsets her and she rushes out of the building and a street sweeper severs her pinky toe. Toby is one of the great one episode characters ever inside, which is great. She's really great. Uh, that whole thing with Toby and the pinky and and heckling or or just not 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 heckling Jerry. Well, she was having she just she was just she was just really loud and then, yeah heckling just just great great but but then when she severs her pinky toe and Kramer rescues it and the way he tells a story oh oh man it's it's that is another one of the great scenes in the in the entire series he says this guy pulls out a gun well i knew any delay is going to cost with a pinky toe so i got out of the seat i started walking toward him he says where do you think you're going cracker jack i said well i got a lot of prize for you buddy boom and i knocked him out cold then everyone is screaming because of the driver he's passed out from all the commotion the bus is out of control so i grab him by the collar i take him out of the seat i get behind the wheel now i'm driving the bus and, and george says you're a batman Oh my god, you're Batman. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I'm Batman. Then the mugger who comes too, he's just choking me. So I'm fighting him off with one hand. I keep driving the bus in the other hand because you know, because the manager opened the door and I kicked him out with my foot. And you know, at the next stop, and Jerry says, You made all the stops. And Kramer says, Well, yeah, people kept ringing the bell. So great. Um, but but this is really known for the scene where there's a fire in, in at the birthday party and George knocks over everyone. And then he tries to explain it. They're all outside. And and uh, the police officer or the fireman says, how do you live with yourself? And he says, it's not easy. Uh, this was John Favreau's television debut. He was the clown. And there was another thing where, where George could not believe nobody knew about Bozo the clown. And, uh, and at one point, the, the John Favreau's character says, me? Forget it. You should forget it. You're living in the past, man. You're hung up some." on some club from the 60s man so funny so funny um and then george is explaining what happened and jerry said so you feel women and children first in this day and age is somewhat of an antiquated notion so basically it's every man woman and child and invalid for themselves so good so good number four the soup nazi from season seven Everyone goes to this new soup stand because the soup is so great. Unfortunately, the owner is obsessed about his customer's ordering procedure. Uh, Jerry and his new girlfriend annoy everyone by using baby talk. Elaine buys an armoire and asks Kramer to watch it. But Kramer is robbed by some gay trash-talking street toughs. This is the Soup Nazi episode. 
maybe the most famous thing ever from Seinfeld. There are so many famous things from Seinfeld, but everyone remembers the soup Nazi. Everyone still talks about the soup Nazi. No soup for you. It's it's so famous. Um, I like when Newman orders. He, he gets uh, he orders uh, jambalaya, and then he he's uh, he's walking out of there, and he says jambalaya. Love that. Um, this is also known as the episode where Jerry and his girlfriend just kept saying, "You're schmoopy. No, you're schmoopy. No, you're schmoopy," and it annoys George and Elaine so much. And then George and Susan are um, are are having uh, lunch with with Jerry and the girlfriend, and then. George tries to be all do all the baby talk with stuff with with Susan and Susan loves it. Um, so that was great. The whole thing with this is where I think I believe we see the 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 first time we see the gay uh trash talking street toughs. Um I'm not a fan of them really, but uh okay. <laughs> they, but they're, they're, um they also appear when in that episode where Kramer wouldn't wear the AIDS ribbon. Who will not wear the AIDS ribbon? Uh, but but here, yeah, they they take the armoire. Um, okay, whatever. But this is really this is just the, the whole concept of the soup Nazi. No soup for you is just one of the most famous and biggest things from ever from Seinfeld. So that's why it is number four. Number three, the opposite from season five. George decides to turn his life around by doing the exact opposite of what he would usually do. Elaine is having a lot of bad luck and Jerry keeps breaking even and Kramer gets the coffee table book published. This is another amazing concept right up there with the abstinence of, for George. And it's so rare to see George actually win for once on this entire series. I don't How many episodes have we done? 160, 170, something like that. It's always George losing. Usually all the characters usually lose, but still for once George wins and he just decides to do the exact opposite. And, he, and first it starts by instead of ordering tuna, um, uh, tuna on, on, on rye toast or something like that. He orders, he orders chicken salad on, on plain bread or something like that. And, and Jerry says, you know, chicken salad is not the opposite of tuna. Salmon is the opposite of tuna because salmon swim against the current and tuna swim with it. And George says, good for the tuna. I love that. Uh, then Elaine points out that there, this beautiful woman is, is looking at George. And George says, Elaine, bald men with no jobs and no money who live with their parents don't approach strange women. But he decides to do the opposite, and and she he he just says I couldn't help but you notice me. He says, "Oh yeah, we ordered the same thing." And he says, "My name is George. I'm unemployed, and I live with my parents." And and she's all interested. She's like I'm Victoria. Hi, and it's so funny that that, that line actually worked. Uh, then um basically everything Jerry does is even, you know, he loses a gig and then immediately he gains one. Elaine throws $20, $20 of his out the window and he immediately finds some. So it's like always, he's always even Steven. Um, then Kramer tells Jerry that he's going to be on Regis and Kathy Lee to talk about his coffee table book about coffee tables. And, and I love that Jerry says, Oh, I'll, I'll loan you my puffy shirt. <laughs> 
So then we cut to George on this date with this uh, woman and he's still, he's still doing the opposite of everything. Um, he gets cut off at, uh, in, in while driving and instead of freaking out, he's like, well, that's okay. That's okay. But then they go to the movie theater and there's these horrible kids or horrible teenagers or whatever, kicking the seat and talking and disrupting everybody and, and, and just, just being horrible. And instead of doing nothing, George does the opposite and he turns around one of the greatest scenes. He says, you shut your trap and stop kicking the seats. We're trying to watch a movie. And if I had to tell you again, we're going to take it outside. And I'm going to show you what it's like. Do you understand me? Now shut your mouth or I'll shut it for you. And if you think I'm kidding, just try me. Try me because I would love it. Of course, I did that horribly, but still awesome, awesome scene. Um, they're going back and she she says, well, why don't you come upstate? Why don't you come uh, um, in the apartment with me? And he, he turns her down and he, she says, who are you, George Cassianza? And he says, I'm the opposite of every guy you've ever met. Um, Elaine, and then at the same time that George is going up, Elaine is going down. She starts the episode by getting a promotion because uh, pendant, publishing, pendant Publishing is about to be bought by some Japanese conglomerate and she's about to get a promotion and everything's going great. And she's going out with Jake Jarmel and that's going wonderful. But she goes to meet him and at some restaurant and they tell her, oh, it was, it was actually the movies. And they tell her he was in an accident and she goes to the hospital. But before she goes to the hospital, she buys Juji Fruits. And so she's at the hospital and Jake Jarmel finds out that she bought Juji Fruit. <laughs> what? And, and he says, so you heard that I was in a car accident and decided to stop off for some Juji fruits. And she's like, well, well, the counter was right there. So good. Um, it's, it's, it's almost like Juji fruit, like destroyed her life. It was really weird. Or, or, or at least in this episode, it did. Um, and then Kramer goes on Regis and Kathy Lee. And this is, this is an amazing scene. I love, I love this scene so much. Uh, Regis keeps saying, this guy's a little bonkos. Did I tell you this guy's bonkos? He kept saying the word bonkos. And, and apparently Regis actually hated that line. And he hated that nobody liked um, that, that he that he didn't get any reaction from that line. I'm not know what, ex what exactly is bonkos. I don't know. I don't know what bonkos is. Anyway, he's talking. Kramer is talking to Regis and Kathy Lee. And he says, you see, the beauty of my book is if you don't have a coffee table, it turns into a coffee table. And he pulls out the legs and it turns into a coffee table. And the crowd, the, the, the Regis of Kathy Lee audience just goes crazy. <laughs> the, the reaction is amazing. And that really, really makes the scene. Uh, I have no idea. As you could tell, I have a whole bunch of Seinfeld <laughs> uh, memorabilia, knickknacks, whatever. Uh I have no idea why they never made a coffee table book about coffee tables. It would, if, if uh, <laughs> I would love a coffee table book that actually pulled out and became a coffee table. That would be, that would be amazing. I have no idea why they, they never actually made one. So now we cut to George. He, um, Victoria knows someone with the Yankees and there's a position available. So he goes to, to interview uh, with the Yankees. By the way, I just found this out. Uh, the guy interviewing him, he was the teacher from uh, The Breakfast Club. How about that? Anyway, 
So he's interviewing him and he's still doing the opposite thing. And he's telling him about all the you know, stupid jobs. He's like, how he, how he got uh, fired from one job for sleeping with a cleaning lady. <laughs> um, and then he, he meets George Steinbrenner. And this is the first time we see George Steinbrenner on, on the show. And he goes to meet him and, and he says, but I must say, with all due respect, I find it very hard to see the logic behind some of the moves you have made with this fine organization. In the past 20 years, you have caused myself and the city of New York a good deal of distress, and we have watched you take our beloved Yankees and reduce them to a laughing stock, all for the glorification of your massive ego. And George Steinbrenner says, hire him. <laughs> uh, that was the first time uh, that uh, Larry David did the voice and then somebody else you know, did the, did the physical stuff. But uh yeah this is and, and i don't know i i guess now george steinbrenner nobody you know he's not that big of a deal but at the time it was a big deal he was like one of the biggest figures in sports so this was this was a huge deal so george gets the job he's telling jerry and jerry says ruth garrick dimaggio mantle costanza love that line um I, so now so now george is able to um, move out of his parents' house, which is nice. And they're all moving out and, and George's parents are freaking out. And, and he pulls them aside and he says, I want you to both know how much you mean to me. And I love you very, very much. And Jerry and Kramer look at each other like, yeah, opposite. And at the end, so everything is going great for George and everything is going terrible for Elaine because Mr. Littman had a cold and he wouldn't shake the, um, Japanese people's hands, so the deal was off. So Lippman, Lippman, pendant, punish, pendant publishing was destroyed, all because Elaine had juji fruits or something like that, and she's looking horrible. And she says, "Do you know what's going on here? Can't you see what happened? I've become George." And Jerry says, "Don't say that. It's true. I'm George. I'm George." <laughs> it's like, like like a horror movie or something like that. So good. Number two, the subway from season three. Everyone has an uncommon experience while going their separate ways on the subway. Kramer overheard a hot tip on a horse on his way to pay a traffic violation. This is just the quintessential Seinfeld episode. You know, if you've ever ridden a subway in New York, you could probably relate to anything that happened here. Almost, it's, it's not the it is not the most pleasant experience. I'm I I I liked it. I've been in New York a few times. I I, I liked riding the subway, but then again, it's, it, it could be scary, I guess. Um, but um, so Jerry encounters a guy that loves getting naked. He's he, Jerry was sleeping when he wakes up. He's he's across the, the aisle from this naked guy. He was um. He was in the, he was one of the voices in the Lion King, I think Pumbaa or something like that, uh, Ernie Casella or something like that. So so he becomes friends with the naked guy. Um, uh, Elaine is the best man at a lesbian wedding, which at the time was like very controversial. Um, so that that was funny. He's she's she's uh, she's talking to some old lady, and they're they're. She she's saying that that she's going to a wedding and the lady keeps asking about it and um, Elaine explains that it's a lesbian wedding and Elaine is the best man and uh, the lady says my luck I don't talk to a soul on the subway for thirty five years I get a best man at a lesbian wedding 
and and uh and Elaine says, No, 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 you don't understand. I'm not a lesbian. I hate men, but I'm not a lesbian. Great line. Great line. Uh the thing with George meeting a beautiful woman, he's he's going for an um he's going for an interview. He meets a beautiful woman. He decides to forget about the interview and follow the woman. And she chains him. She she handcuffs him to a bed and then takes all his clothes and money. And he says, no, wait, you can't just leave me here. And he says, well, I see you again. Great. Great. Uh, but my favorite plot is Kramer. He's going to pay traffic violations, but instead he gets a hot tip on a horse because uh, the guy says, he overhears a guy saying, he's like, but it rained last night. Yeah, this horse loves a slop. It's in his bloodlines. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. The guy says, his mother was a mutter? What did I just say? And then Kramer repeats the same thing to another guy. And apparently it's just this huge long shot. And he, he puts all his money down and it wins. And then some guy sees that he just won a bunch of money. So he chases him to try to get the money. And this guy that was like looked look like a hobo just trying to ask for money, a panhandler is playing a violin. It was actually another cover cop and he saves Kramer in the crowd cheers, which is kind of sitcom but oh well. Uh, so yeah, such just just it's it's basically the perfect Seinfeld episode. <laughs> basically, it doesn't exactly dovetail. They they don't, you know, none of the none of the uh plots, you know intersect or anything like that which is the quintessential Seinfeld episode but still four amazing stories just just perfect and now number one the contest from season four George's mother throws out her back when she falls down after catching George performing a personal act the gang partakes in a contest of self-denial this to me was a no-brainer I remember when this first aired that they air thinking that they aired a con a, an episode about masturbation blew my mind. Uh, 30 years later, it still blows my mind that they would air a, a an episode about and the way they did it, the way they never mentioned masturbation, they use things like Master of My Domain and Lord of the Manor and stuff like that. Just brilliant perfect perfect writing perfect execution so many good scenes uh it starts with with they're all in the in the uh booth together this is possibly the greatest scene of the entire series when george says my mother caught me and they said caught you what doing what and he says you know i was alone he saw a glamour magazine <laughs> and his mother catches him and he says, I didn't know whether to try and keep her from falling or zip up. And Elaine says, well, what did you do? I zipped up. So she fell. Well, yeah, I couldn't run over the, the way I was. And so he says he'll never do it again. And Jerry says, oh, that's 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 ridiculous. And they they have they decide to have a bet over it. And then Elaine decides to get in. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no women. There's no way women women don't do it as often as men in in um. Jerry says, we have to do it. It's part of our lifestyle. It's like shaving. And Elaine says, oh, that's such baloney. I shave my legs. And the and, and Kramer says, not every day. The way he says not every day, like his, his mouth was full of food or something like that, was just perfect timing. Perfect, perfect. 
this is actually the first episode where we see um, uh, George's mother, and she she this might have been her best episode ever and and anything involving george's parents is great but this might have been the greatest thing uh so so they they decide to have this contest and there's a naked woman across the street that is um in an apartment across the street she's naked all the time beautiful woman kramer sees this goes to his apartment elaine comes in somebody counted 50 seconds it took for Kramer. Kramer to come back, slams his money on the table, says, I'm out. Perfect. Just just again, one of the great scenes of the entire series. So we cut to George. He is in the hospital. His mother is his mother's back went out. And his mother says, I go out for a quart of milk. I come home and find my son treating my body like it was an amusement park. My goodness. My goodness. It was. Oh, and the whole thing with Elaine and John F. Kennedy Jr., John John, Jerry is uh is close to um having sex with with uh Marla the Virgin, but then she finds out about the contest and she freaks out and Marla ends up with 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 John John. Uh, just perfect. This is the perfect episode. It's it's such an, an amazing concept. And that's it. So there we go. There is the 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 number one episode. And here is the top 10 episodes of Seinfeld. Thank you for for watching and listening again. This has been one of the most fun things I've ever done. It has been such a joy watching about 15 episodes every um, every week for the past uh, 10, 11 weeks. It has been, it has been amazing. It is a great show. So I've had so much fun. Uh, stay tuned to see what I rank next. I think it's going to be the office. So we'll see. All right. Thanks everyone. Bye.